Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal Bank. It's Friday, August 26th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Chiefs' preseason games are over, and the roster decisions will soon be finalized. On today's show, beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell, along with columnist Sam McDowell, share their thoughts on the team's initial 53-man roster, which will be finalized by next Tuesday. Any surprises? Should the Chiefs feel better at some positions more than others? What's the impact of preseason games on a bubble candidate's chances of making the team? We cover all of that on today's show that started as a Sports Beat Live. Also, Herbie's 53-man projection is available on KansasCity.com. Let's get started. Hey, good morning from Kansas City. Welcome to Sports Beat Live, presented by First Federal. This is the show where we talk Chiefs with the folks in the media who know them best and with you. Please send us your questions and comments and talk Chiefs with us. So uh, we are coming to you on Friday morning um, instead of post-game Thursday when the Chiefs uh, finished up the preseason by beating the Green Bay Packers. And we did that to, well, to give Herbie mostly additional time to formulate his 53-man roster. So on today's show, we're going to talk about this, uh, this this final roster. Herbie's made his cuts, and he's either going to make or shatter the dreams of uh, several Chiefs, and looking forward to hearing that. But before we start, let's uh, let's look a little bit uh, back at last night's game. Chiefs beat the Packers 17-10. to uh, the, uh, the highlight of the game, I think, may have happened before the game, or at least uh, b- before the first snap, and that's when Patrick Mahomes – came out on the field and lined up the Chiefs in the huddle uh, as uh, Len Dawson would have done. Uh, Len Dawson, of course, uh, the Chiefs quarterback, Hall of Famer, broadcast legend, legend in every sense, died earlier this week. So before we begin, why don't we, um, why don't, why don't we hear from Andy Reid, who explained why the Chiefs did what they did and how they did what they did to open the game last night. Yeah, that was that was Clark's uh, um, suggestion, and players completely bought into it um, and wanted to do it. Um, and then uh, we added uh, the, just a little wrinkle at the end there, where I, I, I'm the official. Craig <laughs> Craig did an amazing job of mentioning Lynn, uh, but listen, it's a tribute to a great a great person, a great player, and then all he did in in your profession. There, um, very seldom are you a Hall of Famer in two different things, man. That's a, that's a, you know, he, he had a wonderful life and really took advantage every every day he had on earth here. So, since Pat didn't play tonight, other than that one play, whose idea was it to get him involved? Did he sort of volunteer for that? Yeah, yeah, he wanted to jump in there. Kelsey, who wasn't going to play, he wanted to jump in there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, and then the defense couldn't wait to see it. I mean, it was crazy the, the way it, the way it worked out. It was, um, I mean, Spags was going. He missed it, and he was the guy that was most excited about it. And he, and he missed it over there talking to those guys. So, but he'll see it on on tape there. But it was really it was a neat neat deal. Again, for a great person. Pretty cool stuff, Sam, wasn't it? Yeah, like you said. I mean, the the best moment of the game was uh, a play that never happened. Basically, I mean. Um, 
Lynn Dawson was was. I mean, we we've talked plenty about him, but it, you know, an icon in the city that was kind of Patrick Mahomes before there was Patrick Mahomes here. You know, on a much smaller scale because this game has blown up in the in the past half century. But um, you know, I mean, I asked Clark Hunt about it. He said uh, Bob Moore, the the team's historian, who used to be a PR guy for the Chiefs, he's worked for the team for over four decades. Um, called Clark Hunt and just suggested it, and then. Clark told Andy about it, and as soon as Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey heard about it, they wanted to play. You know, they, they wanted to be in just for that moment because they weren't supposed to play at all last night. So, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty cool deal. So, like I said, Chiefs went on to win the game 17-10, to 10, and uh, if I had to do a kind of a hockey three stars of the game, I think I'd go Shane Bouchelle, Brian Cook, and then Darius Harris. Um for uh, just good performances by them. Jesse, I wanted to ask you about the running game, which looked as good as it has uh, throughout the preseason. This was the best uh, production from the running game uh, in three games. Yeah, raises some questions too ahead of cut day, which we'll talk about as well. But uh, the biggest thing to me was Ronald Jones got an opportunity with the first team. And we know it's been tough sledding with the second and third team offensive lines in there. Uh, they have not performed very well. And Ronald Jones had a difficult time even getting to the line of scrimmage in previous games. When he got his opportunity, I thought he was pretty good in there and, you know, got some rush yards. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco got his most extended run. He was in there uh, from the first quarter through the third quarter as well. He had some success, but the Chiefs go over 100 yards of rushing. Andy Reid made that one of his first comments afterwards. It said they needed to be able to run the football after their previous two games and after, you know, mediocre calmness went after them to be able to run the football, uh, you know, before this game as well. So, um, yeah. You can smile, Sam. Jeez, gosh darn. Um, anyway, the, the question remains now with Ronald Jones. Is he going to make the team uh, or not? You know, they signed him early in the offseason. Uh, th- that kind of remains. You know, if they're going to keep three running backs plus a fullback, then he seems like the odd man out. But with Blake Bell's injury now and um, obviously with other things that can go on, uh, potentially now they saw with Ronald Jones what they could do. And, and the run game as well, uh, they did it a little bit differently. They kind of got more into the power. They had some pulling linemen in there and it, it made it so that not only could those running backs get downhill quicker, uh, but also the gaps that they would potentially have to hit were narrowed. You, you only have half as many gaps that you need to look for. So you kind of simplify things for the running backs, but you get them going up and down field. That's really the strengths of Isaiah Pacheco and Ronald Jones both. So we'll see what happens here over the next few days, but Ronald Jones being a cut, obviously if that happens, that'll be a national story, but he did do enough in that third preseason game, I think to make this a question uh, going into the game, I think we most most of us thought that he probably was not going to make this team. All right, Herbie, let's uh, let's dive into this. The uh, first of all, tell us what the kind of the sequence of events is going to be for uh, you know, just the, the the cutting process to getting from eighty to fifty three. Well, as of right now, you know, Chiefs coach Andy Reid and his. His coaching staff, along with the pro personnel department, they're looking over everything right now. They're going over the film, and not only for the Chiefs, they're looking at other teams, okay? Um, because you got to remember, this is called the initial 53. It's not final cuts. It's the initial cuts to the 53-man roster. So that doesn't mean whoever makes it uh, on Tuesday will be there Wednesday because we've seen it time and time again uh, over the years, over the past decade. All we got to do is go back to 2013 which was called the Chiefs' second draft the day after the cuts, they signed a multitude of players that went on to contribute to that season. Guys like Jay Howard, Ron Parker, uh, 
uh, James Michael Johnson, uh, Chad Hall. I mean, so just because you make the roster on Tuesday doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be there Wednesday and Thursday. But what has to happen by 3 p.m. Central time on Tuesday, and it's league-wide, the Chiefs have to be at the 53. So this is going to set the roster for the first pre- first regular season game, which happens a week and a half later on September the 11th. Do you think, Kirby, that um, performances, you know, as, as late as, you know, last night and, you know, third game preseason performances have a, an impact on Andy Reid and his staff and, and Brett Feech, the decision-making, or are the minds pretty much made up before – Uh, before that third preseason game. I tend to agree with you on that last point, Blair. Mines tend to be made up by that second preseason game, which over the last two seasons has replaced what was known as the third preseason game or the the final dress rehearsal for the regular season. The third preseason game, as Andy Reid said last night, is about getting the young guys out there so they can evaluate them. And as Eric Bieniemy likes to say, put consistent behavior on tape. Because if if another team has a need, you know, we, we could talk about Shane Bouchelle here in a second. If they have a need at quarterback and they view him as a better option than their number two, you know, I, I just can't find a space on the Chiefs 53 for Shane Bouchelle. Another team might want him. Ronald Jones finally had a good game, but you know what? I'm going to take that with a grain of salt because that last preseason game, he's facing mostly backups. So you, if another team has a need at running back position and the Chiefs decide to go a different direction, all of a sudden he becomes a commodity out there. Putting consistent behavior on tape is what we aspire to here at uh, sports beat live. Hey, all right, let's, let's dive in. Um, you start at the top at the quarterback. You say they're just going to keep two. Um, you know, this was, I, I thought Shane Bouchelle might've been the, the MVP of the preseason for the chiefs. He looked good. And, is there there's no room for him on this 53 man roster you're saying though right no, I don't think there's going to be room for him okay you got to remember when the chiefs brought him on the active roster last year this would have been around november time frame the arizona cardinals at the time were dealing with injuries to their starter kyler murray and then their primary backup colt mccoy was down so they were down to their practice squad quarterback and they needed quarterback depth so they snipped around and tried to get Michelle on their active roster and the chiefs said uh uh-uh, uh we're going to bring him up I, you know, going into this season and you look at Andy Reid and Brett Veach's M.O. since they've been here, they've always typically carried just two quarterbacks. And it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, obviously. And if you have to go with their backup, they're going to lean more on their veteran, Chad Henney. Okay, Uh, Jesse, you've been following the running backs pretty closely throughout the whole preseason. And, you know, the the math was made a little easier for the Chiefs with the uh, the injury to Derek Gore, who. Am I right about this? Was he, he got an injury settlement and, you know, obviously not part of this team uh, going forward, but you're, you know, you, you saw something in Ronald Jones, uh, you know, a, a need and a, and, a, and a player whose style seemed to fit that need. But now, you know, if Herbie's right, he's not on uh, the chiefs 50, initial 53 and, but, but I thought he looked good last night and, uh, I wonder if the Chiefs, but the fact that they played on Thursday and they've got four days to, you know, to think about this and talk about this would uh, would, would strongly consider keeping Ronald Jones. 
Yeah, this might be the only exception to the last preseason game rule because it did look like the Chiefs on purpose got him out there with the first team to see what he could do. You know what I mean? And, and that's not the opportunity he's had so far. And again, sometimes situations change. Maybe a week ago the Chiefs were pretty set on cutting Ronald Jones. But then, like you said, Derek Gore, who was probably going to be on the practice squad if he was healthy, that's kind of your security blanket. If he's gone, all of a sudden you're kind of moving down your list of options when it comes to running backs if one of these guys gets hurt. And, and we know that, you know, Jerick McKinnon's a little bit older. CEH has not been the model of health when he's been with the Chiefs. So uh, that could potentially be something they look at. I mean, kind of what complicates this whole matter is that Andy Reid always keeps a fullback. And so this would probably be a pretty easy keep for the Chiefs if they weren't keeping Michael Burton. But we know they are because that's what Andy Reid does. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with this. Um, like I said, the roster math of this kind of shifts maybe a little bit with Blake Bell's injury. If you can... Uh, if they think they can get by without him, I don't know. Um, potentially, we're talking about the waiver wire ads and how you can make a team but then get cut because another guy gets picked up off waivers. The Chiefs right now, that might be the number one position is a blocking tight end because we know what Blake Bell does, and there's really not anybody on the roster right now that does it exactly the way that he does or that you would consider a really good blocker at the tight end position for the Chiefs that they want doing that. I mean – you know, Travis Kelsey is probably a pretty decent blocker, but you don't want him doing that because he's much better at catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you'd rather have him in there for that. So uh, that'll be something to watch. But I, I would say with the running back position, you know, to me, Pacheco, McKinnon, and a CEH are locks. It's just a matter of figuring out for the Chiefs, what do you want to do with the depth beyond that? And did Ronald Jones show enough in that preseason game to say, hey, with a good offensive line, he can get downhill and hit that. And that was interesting. The first two carry uh, C had with the first team offensive line, or at least early in the game, he hit a guy and at first contact, he got six yards after that first contact. That was a, a, something that really the chiefs running backs had struggled with all the preseason is getting those extra yards. So um, if the chiefs are looking for that and looking for a guy to have a little bit more security there, it seems like Ronald Jones would be a good fit, but again, can you keep more than three running backs? If you're keeping a fullback, that kind of goes back to this roster math that Herbie talks about. I'll tell you, Sam, tight end is Andy Reid's favorite position, I'm convinced. He, he just you know, loves to scheme and, and, uh, and, and run, run plays for, for his tight ends. Uh, he's got the best in the game in Travis Kelsey, but it does get a little complicated now after that because of the, you know, the, the Blake Bell injury. And, and then, look, last night, uh, you know, a guy who really hadn't flashed during the preseason, um, Bushman, uh, catches two touchdown passes, breaks his clavicle after that. So, what you know? Could you see the Chiefs um, going out and 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 maybe you know, assuming Bell's not going to be back anytime soon, going out and getting a tight end to, to give Andy Reid his fourth? I, I don't know what Bushman's got to do to make her three stars, Blair. I mean, two touchdowns, <laughs> breaks his clavicle in the game just to to show his commitment. Um, I think uh, I definitely could see them potentially pursuing a tight end on the market. I mean, I actually think the Chiefs have a lot of moving pieces in these past these last few days, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they made a trade because there's a few positions, and we've covered a couple of them already, that have an extra body that I think will make an NFL roster this year, even if it's not the Chiefs. I think they have one of those at linebacker. They've got, uh, you know, if they only keep three running backs, you know, that Jesse covered. I think Shane Bouchelle could make an NFL roster elsewhere. Certainly, I think at wide receiver, they've got a body that could potentially make an NFL roster elsewhere. So um, I think they're going to be exploring the trade market over the last three days to see, you know, maybe there's a position where they feel like they've got a little bit more need. Specifically, I look at, you know, 
swing tackle. I don't, I don't think I feel real confident in their swing tackle options right now. So, um, yeah, I, I think we could be seeing a trade at, at some point, but particularly that that blocking tight end role that, that you guys have already covered. I mean, obviously, Blake Bell is on this roster for that reason. Um, but they've got an interesting decision to make with Blake Bell because – if you know, we know he had surgery. We know that's not a quick return. Andy Reid rarely tells us the guy's going to be out a while. So when he does tell us the guy's going to be out a while, you figure it's going to be a long while. And if that's the case, do you really want to eat up one of your coveted fifty-three man roster spots by keeping him? Because you know, and Herbie can get into this if he wants. But you put a guy on IR now, he's done for the year. You, you can't create the fifty-three man roster spot by putting him on IR unless you think he's going to be done for the year. So they've got a really interesting decision to make with Blake Bell. And that's a fair point, Sam. And it's a very good point because if what the Chiefs might do, and this was a question that was posed to Andy Reid next last, or excuse me, earlier in the week when he revealed that he had the hip surgery, was is injured reserve an option for him? But what, what it was meant was during the 53 because you can keep him on the 53 and then place him on injured reserve the next day. And so what's going to happen here with the rosterology math and all the, everything that goes into this is you, if there's a player that they really want, they tell that player, Hey, we're going to cut you wink, 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 but we're going to sign you the very next day. So there's kind of like all the behind the scenes stuff that goes on, but recovery from a hip flexor surgery, according to most medical journals, that's you're talking about a three to six week recovery period at a minimum. So, if Blake Bell is placed on injured reserve, now you're going to miss him probably for the first month of the year or the regular season. And like Sam says, you don't want to tie up that roster spot. So they got a decision to make here on Tuesday with Blake Bell. But it seems like three to six weeks is the time between the final preseason game and the first regular season game, but that's not quite the case. And, and of course, I am going to scratch out Shane Bouchelle from my three stars and add Matt Bushman because Sam is right. He had a heck of a game last night. Hey, Cheryl wants to know if there's any public uh, arrangements to show respect for Len Dawson. Haven't heard of any. I asked somebody with the Chiefs last night, and they had not heard yet. I guess the, the, the family's still working uh, on that, and, and the Chiefs will, will certainly be a part of any, any kind of arrangements. Let's wrap up the offense and talk about the wide receivers are we all in agreement they're going to keep six? And are we in agreement of the six? Um, the, the four are easy. Um, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Sky Moore, McCole Hardman. And are we all in agreement that uh, Justin Watson and, uh, and, and Doris Fountain are five and six? Yeah, I see a lot of nodding heads here. What, what, was there anything that, that can disrupt that possibility, Jesse, any, any, is there any wild card candidate here? I don't think so. Um, this one seems that's been solidified was going to be one of those we thought would go to the very end, but it just hasn't, you know? So uh, yeah, Doris Fountain's been in on the special team. Justin Watson has been on the special teams as other four have kind of been locks and should be back for the first game. We learned last night that MBS uh, was in concussion protocol uh, from something earlier this week. So um, yeah, well, we'll see exactly what kind of what, uh, you know, happens and if all those guys do play week one, but no, I don't see any surprises there. I saw a Josh Gordon tweet kind of floating around from about an hour ago as well. Uh, basically just said, thank you for the opportunity. So I, I think he fully understands the writing on the wall there. Uh, I'm kind of interested in who Sam McDowell thought the other receiver might be. 
I'm guessing Corey Coleman. I, I don't know. I mean, a four and first round pick, he kind of flashed a little bit with punt return, but uh, I think the Chiefs' six guys are those six guys, and there's not going to be too much uh, roster. I, I don't know uh, what the word would be um, drama when it comes to that particular position. Um, the offensive line tends to get overlooked, uh, and, um, and but let's not overlook them here. Uh, there is some there there is some possible drama on on the, the the last couple of offensive line. Herbie, which how do how do they want to go? Um, they're gonna. It always seems to, it's it's eight, nine, or ten. I think you landed on nine. Yeah, I landed on nine, and and here's the reason I went more than the typical eight is. I think we all will agree that the Chiefs might still have some PTSD from the Super Bowl. So (laughs) Brett Veach is probably thinking you can never have enough offensive linemen. I think they're set. Obviously, they're clearly set with the top five. Uh, And then after that, it gets really interesting. I think Nick Allegretti is a lock. I think Austin Ryder might be a lock. And we'll get into that in a second here. And And as Sam mentions, they're swing tackles. Here's where, you know, you start scratching your head who they got here. But I think they're going to go with Jerron Christian and I think Prince Tega Wanago. This is a guy that a lot of people tend to overlook, but he spent time on their active roster last year, so he knows the scheme. And when he came back from the pup list during training camp, immediately started working with the twos. This is going to leave Darian Kennard out because I think what the Chiefs like, they like that undrafted rookie, Michael Caliando. You know, something to think about last night's game. He was working at center, okay, and they moved Austin Ryder over to the guard. And as we all know, Andy Heck and Andy Reid love versatile offensive linemen once you get beyond the five. they got to be able to play guard center. So you'll have Nick Allegretti, Ryder, and maybe Caliando, and then you've got your swing tackles who can play both sides. So that's the, that's where it gets fascinating. But I think Darian Kennard, you know, when, when you're working with Dustin Crum and Shane Bouchelle late in camp, and that's who you're working with during the preseason, that is not a good sign. And I, I, he just never emerged. So I, I think he's the odd man out, and time on the practice squad might do him well. Tell you what, we're talking about backup offensive linemen. You know the Chiefs have a strong roster. All right, let's uh, let's go to a break and hear from First Federal. When we come back, we're going to talk talk about uh, Chiefs defense. When I bought my first home, I was searching for listings and negotiating all on my own. Now I'm back in the housing market, and I could not imagine doing that again. But then I found First Federal Bank of Kansas City's expert loan advisors at ffbkc.com. They were kind, knowledgeable, and available 24-7. My loan advisor answered my questions and helped me feel confident all the way through closing. I trust First Federal Bank because they understand banking is personal. Apply today for a home loan at ffbkc.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We're back on Sportsbeat Live with Sam McDowell, Jesse Newell, and Herbie Teope. We're talking Chiefs, who wrapped up the preseason on Thursday night with a victory over the Packers. And now we're looking forward to the initial 53-man roster that's going to be announced for all NFL teams, or by all NFL teams, on Tuesday. 
All right, we, we covered the offense. Let's let's get to the defense. And um, you know, I I don't know if there's some, I don't know how much drama there is on the defensive line. Uh, but it seems to me with 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 the, with the front seven, with the defensive line and the linebackers, there are there are some questions about maybe the final players in those groups. Um, Sam, it's just been a constant theme from the end of last season through the preseason that the defensive line was the place where the Chiefs really needed to to be visibly improved. Just like it was the offensive line after the Super Bowl loss to the Bucs, after last year's loss to the Bengals, defensive line and the ability to get pressure and get the quarterback down needed to improve. Do you think the Chiefs have done enough and there's enough on their roster for this to happen? Or is this another place where they may go out and, and um, you know, after the teams make their cuts, find somebody else? Well, I, I think their depth is better than, you know, the, the top of the depth chart. Um, you know, I, I think you feel more comfortable comparatively speaking, you know, with the rest of the league in, in those cases. The Carlos Dunlap injury, you know, changes things a lot because I thought the, that signing – at least put a ban a one year band aid over the, the problem of being able to rush the passer. We haven't seen him. I mean, he's dealing with an Achilles injury, and it's not exactly a great spot to be dealing with a lingering injury. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about the length of time he'll miss. Um, I think the most difficult decision at defensive line is I know that Herbie's got Joshua Kando making the team. Um, I haven't seen a lot from Joshua Kando in two years. In fact, we literally saw nothing from him last year. He did not record a tackle um, in his rookie year, and he was out for you know the last 12, 13 games. But still, um, I thought that was the most interesting one, actually, on Herbie's entire 53 was, was keeping Josh Kando. This is what we should do, actually, Blair, is not project our own. We should treat it like March Madness and just rip the selection committee. <laughs> Not actually pick our own bracket. Let's just rip Herbie. Next. Then I would say write your own 53 then so I can rip yours. <laughs> uh, Kando's an interesting uh, play. He did get the – was it he who got the sack last night? Uh, sack for no yards? Uh, somebody who – whoever the – no, no, that was, was a Turk Ward. I can't even remember now who got the first sack for the Chiefs. Yeah, that was Ward. Uh, Turk, okay, all right. Yeah. So what? So Herbie, why Kendo? What's uh, or is it just lack of options? Yeah, essentially that's what it boils down to. You know, lack of options, and then we know Brett Veach will cut bait if he doesn't feel like one of his draft picks is panning out. But you know that that's one of those rare instances because when he cut Cornell Powell last year, their fifth round pick, we all kind of raised our eyebrows because as we know from covering this team, he tends to stick with them. Uh, Kendo, as we all know, he was injured last year, so they don't really know what they have with this guy. And so I think they want to see what they have, develop him some more. And it boils down to Carlos Dunlap. You know, the Achilles injury, even though they're, they're, they're trying to, like, wave it off, you know, one of those, ah, eh, you know, don't read too much into that. But Sam's right. It's an Achilles injury. It, it's inflamed, so that means he's going to miss practice time. And, now, you know, I don't know if he's going to play in the first game, but we'll see how he does in practice this week and excuse me, next week and the week leading up to the game against the Cardinals, but you got to have depth there. And when you look at their roster, I think he's the next best option at the bottom of it. I should say not at the top of it, but as you start working down. Okay. So we, uh, we start the linebacker conversation, of course, with Darius Harris, who really stood out last night. And then we spackle in, um, 
you know, players like Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, I think they'll, they'll probably make it. Now, Darius Harris, I thought was, was really, uh, played really well. And I got to talk to him after the game last night. He was pretty excited about his, his, um, uh, you know, his, his performance. It's, he's been with his fourth year with the club and he's played a total of 11 games. I think he has one or two career tackles. He's mostly been special teams. So it'd be pretty cool if a guy like that made the, the squad. Linebacker is interesting though, because after, after Bolton and Gay, we, we, we don't know how it's going to shake out. I mean, Elijah Lee's been up and down and Jermaine Carter and it's, you know, the Chiefs went out and got veteran linebacking help after last season, Jesse, didn't they? And and then we're still a little bit, you know, a little bit uncertain who's going to who's going to play behind Gay and Bolton. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this one's probably more solidified than we thought, just because Jermaine Carter was not good. <laughs> you know, they signed him early in the off season, and yesterday he had probably the low light of all the three preseason games where he just got bowled over. Uh, by the, the Packers center, I think it was on a run play and kind of did, you know, somersaults in the, the opposite direction of where he needed to be. He just hasn't looked fast and he hasn't looked explosive. And um, but but again, this is sort of if you think of this big picture uh, holistically, if you will, uh, he sort of bought them time, if you will. I don't think they you know, that was before. If I'm right, that was before they got Leo Chanel in as a third round draft pick. So you sign a guy it makes it so you don't have to reach in the draft. And then a guy like Leo Chanel falls to you and. It seems like they liked what they've seen with him. He's had pretty good grades over the course of three games. That's Leo Chanel. Uh, he's obviously really good in the run game and blowing stuff up there, still learning in the pass game and, and doing the coverage stuff. But he was with the first team last night. That's not something we saw. I'm taking the first snap of the defense. So that seems like progress to me. And then, yeah, Elijah Lee is kind of split time with Leo. So he seems like one. And then your boy Darius Harris. And we heard on the broadcast last night, whether it was a slip or not, Brett Beach talked about how, uh, you, you talk about your ninth offensive lineman or your fifth linebacker on the roster. And so it seems like probably five is the number that this position is going to get. So Jermaine Carter, probably the likely cut here. It might raise some eyebrows across the league, but we just haven't seen much from him in camp. He looks a little bit slower than maybe he was in past years and has not done enough probably to make this team. And so that's going to be the cut most likely that will surprise some people from the outside, but not us that have been watching the team here for the last few weeks. To piggyback off of, of Jesse's analysis there, Jermaine Carter as well, one of the things that jumps out to me is camp progressed. You know, his forte was special teams. And then when you watched the practices, he's working with the backup special teams people. And that kind of like raises your eyebrows, especially when you know that that's where, you know, he made his name. And, and if you're going to make the team as your fourth or fifth linebacker, you have to be able to contribute on special teams and working with the backups just ain't going to do it. Yeah, I think Herbie's got that on special teams because I think when you look at their, you know, I think they've got three linebackers set. I mean, they're not going to cut Chanel. I think that leaves uh, two spots for three guys. They all have something different. Darius Harris is the only guy of the, the other three that can wear the green dot. He's the only guy that can call plays. Um, Elijah Lee, I think, is clearly the best special teamer of those. But I do think they think that Carter is their best overall linebacker still of those three guys. And so I think they've got sort of this triangle with only two spots of the three, and it just depends which which strength you favor. But I agree with Herbie. When you're talking about your fifth linebacker, what you should be favoring is special teams, for particularly for an organization that lost eight of, like, their top 12 contributors on special teams last year. I think I just think it's going to get a lot of prioritization here. Okay, in safeties and corners, uh, I think it's notable. Not many uh, – 
not much drama here. I think it's notable for the number of rookies that will be in this group of 10, basically 10, six corners and four safeties. You've got uh, uh, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, uh, Brian Cook. Am I missing? Uh, oh, and of course, Trent McDuffie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so four of the 10 are, are rookies. That's, that that would be it's quite a, a you know a number and it also means that we're leaving a rookie off and that is um nazi uh nazi johnson a seventh round pick he and according to to herbie on the 50 on his 53 uh, uh darian canard will be the two rookies of the 10 member class that don't make the team but for the chiefs had 10 picks if, if they end up keeping eight that's that's a you know a, that's a lot of population there for, for rookies, but they all would have earned their way on this team. I thought Joshua Williams had a rough game last night with a penalty on the uh, special teams, um, a couple of penalties that, uh, you know, that hurt the chiefs. But, uh, but I think he's, I think he's on the squad. How about that notion, Sam, eight rookies on this team. Uh, doesn't it suggest that we're not in a rebuild, but it, it to me, it, it, it keeps the window of opportunity open or extends it for the chiefs uh, for a few more years. If they end up with a, you know, a class of eight that, uh, that all contribute. Yeah. You know, it is a rebuild of like portions of their roster, like certain segments of the roster. And you mentioned them, I mean, we're seeing it in the secondary now, like they're trying to rebuild their secondary through draft capital, as opposed, you know, it's an expensive position, you know, that the cornerback position, you've got to spend top dollar, in order to acquire the talent. So the Chiefs are trying to acquire it through the draft. But one point on that, because I know a lot of people probably look and say, man, you acquired all this draft capital for Tyree Kill, and now you're going to cut two of your draft picks. Brett Beach last year, which Herbie mentioned, when they cut Cornell Powell, was the first draft pick that Brett Beach had ever cut. Now they're going to probably cut two in one year. I don't see how either guy that Herbie has them cutting, I don't see how either of them make their way onto the team. Well, you still collect the picks because, it, you know, it's just more tickets in the lottery that allow you this chance to cash in. So it's still worthwhile to get extra picks and see which guys win these battles. One of the cheap things the chiefs did throughout this off season that makes it tough for us to do this whole exercise is they acquired depth. Like they threw numbers at the bottom of their depth chart to try and just let guys go win the position. And it's pretty good when that, when those guys are rookies, you can see the kind of progression they make throughout camp. And like I said, I, I think it's still worthwhile to collect upwards of 10 draft picks, even if it means you're going to have to cut a couple of guys on the way. There's nothing that says these guys can't clear waivers and make it back on your practice squad, potentially make your team next year. Hey, guys, I just want to point out for the record that Sam and I are agreeing, and I, I don't know if, if we woke up on the wrong side of the bed or anything, but Sam, it's, it's nice to hear you agree. I, I like that. Isaiah Pacheco is a good example of what you're talking about, Sam, that he's uh, just you, you throw numbers at something and he's seventh round pick and he's he's going to return kicks and be you know, he'll be he'll be getting carries in the season opener in two weeks against uh, against Arizona. OK, well, look, that'll do it. Hey, um, Cheryl, uh, replacing the honey badger, Justin Reed is going to be the Chiefs guy, uh, part of a defense starting defense that allowed uh, no points. And in six possessions on um, in the three preseason games, the starting defense allowed no points, had three three and outs, and four six punts. So I don't think the starting defense could have played much better. Now, of course, it wasn't against a, you know an, an all pro quarterback in any of the on any of the occasions. Uh, they will see 
you know, Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray in the opener against Arizona. Okay. That's going to do it for us today. And got to thank uh, Jesse Newell, Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, our producer, Monty Davis and first federal bank for presenting today's show. Um, regular season next Arizona Cardinals on September 11th in, in Arizona, really looking forward to it and looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for tuning in and have a good weekend. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production staff of Bonnie Davis, Randy Mason, Todd Feeback, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. And thanks to First Federal. Their website is ffbkc.com. A tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Jesse Newell, and Sam McDowell for sharing their insights. Complete coverage of the Chiefs-Packers game and everything that happened in sports outside of Kansas City is covered in today's morning sports edition, which numbered 32 pages. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.